This is Carrie Gephardt, and you're listening to Five for Fruit, your five-minute fix for Reformed theology and practice. What we do here is go back, 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 back. You're now listening to a special edition episode of Five for Fruit with Carrie Gephardt. On special edition episodes, Carrie interviews authors, fellow podcasters, believers, and just about anyone you can think of. And they have wonderful discussions, but it takes longer than five minutes. No! 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 So now you have been warned, but I pray you'll listen, learn, and grow. Now, DJ, hit that track. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, my feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my face. Welcome to a special edition episode of Five for Fruit. You've heard the warning. This is going to be longer than five minutes, but I hope it's an enjoyable uh, podcast because I have a very special person on. I have Mr. Les Lanfear, who can now call himself a filmmaker. (laughs) Unlike before, now you can call yourself a filmmaker. You got one under your belt. Yeah, Marcus and said, I can't call myself a filmmaker until I make one. Exactly. And uh, he is going to be talking to us about his new project, Spirit and Truth. It's on Kickstarter right now. Um, if you guys are listening to this podcast, I will have the link to the Kickstarter there in the show notes so that you can uh, have easy access to it. Les, as I'm looking at it right now, Spirit and Truth, hold on, I'll do a quick refresh just to make sure. It's 89% funded, so almost 90% yeah. funded, and you still have 26, 24 days to go. So in one, yeah. in one sense, we're talking about a hypothetical film, right, that could possibly be made. But in another sense, in, in God's good providence, there's a very good, likely, good likelihood that this is, this is going to get funded. Yeah. And we're going to be moving forward with this. Yeah, it's looking that way, which is uh, exciting and um, terrifying all at the same time. I'm, I feel like a little less terrified than the, the first Kickstarter I did. Um, but yeah, it's uh, very, very exciting. And I'm so grateful to everyone for being so generous. That's something that uh, I think is helpful is that you have that that one film under your belt. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm not going into uncharted territory here now. 
Yeah. Yeah. Although with Calvinist, I felt more confident maybe with the material, like, cause I've explained it probably 150,000 times and, you know, worship, I guess, uh, I've only explained a hundred thousand times to like people who visit the church, you know, so my church is regulative and like all the visitors, everybody's always curious about things and, right. um, and then also I, I have a podcast, so we talk about things a lot. The Reformed Pubcast. Yeah. That's the one. You've heard of it. Yes, I have. I have. <laughs> In fact, uh, it was one of the first Reformed-ish podcasts that I started listening to. I have a, uh, a non-Reformed background as well, similar to your mm. story. So uh, I was on the verge when I listened to the episode where the one where Les becomes a Presbyterian. Awesome. That one. Didn't last, man. Didn't last much longer last. after that. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just on a podcast yesterday, and uh, it was uh, t- with two ladies, actually theology gals. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, but um, they one of the ladies said that she um, she was she listened to that episode right when she was coming around on the subject too, and that's really cool. Really cool that we've been able to impact people. Well, of course. I mean, it's, God is definitely uses us crooked sticks to mm-hmm. do some awesome things, and and you know, I just want to uh, to in in some way thank you for being open to you know doing some of these things, like just talking over uh, beer theology, things like that, because this podcast is is a, a result of kind of that a new wave of you know people just starting podcasts because they want to talk about theology. They want to encourage Christian believers, those kinds of things. I, I personally started my podcast because all my family and all my, you know, previous, previous experience in Christendom was not reformed. And I was like, I'd love there to be some sort of resource that people could go to and listen to, to understand why I've come to where I am now. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, Absolutely. I thought we would start off with a couple of games. Um, to, to get to know you a little bit better and uh, talking about the pubcast, uh, this is probably a good segue. I, I came up with a game called uh, Guess Who Said? <laughs> and, okay. uh, you know, I, uh, Les, I, I too know what it is like to have once been not a Calvinist, not Reformed at all, and to have my sermons recorded <laughs> and I dread ever having to listen again to anything that I said before but in God's good grace he is he's brought me to a new place and in some ways it's kind of like embarrassing but also just amazing to see where we've come from sure if you know what I mean yeah so I spent a little time uh, scouring through the first few episodes oh no of the pubcast. Because I did remember there being an instance in which you were, um, you were, you and Tanner were making fun of the regular principle of worship. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was rather interesting that in God's grace, you're now uh, making a film uh, kind of arguing for, for that philosophy of, of worshiping God the way he has um, commanded us to worship him. And yeah. So that's pretty amazing in my mind. Um, but as I was trying to find it, I think I remember that 
you went back and, and took that part of the episode out because you were responding to uh, somebody who had written in or, or maybe gave you a voicemail saying... He's actually he's actually a member in my church now. Okay. Uh, I ended up joining his church, but he called in with a voicemail and he suggested we talk about the regulative principle. And then Tanner and I both said it was legalism. And, <laughs> you know, if if electric guitar, if that's your gift, how dare you keep someone from worshiping, uh, mm. you know, on the stage with that? And we had all this stuff. And then um, we got so much pushback from the pub, which was probably like 400 people at the time. At that time, yeah. Um, we got so much pushback from reformed people that were like, uh, you guys can't hate the regulative principle and call yourselves reformed. And, um, <laughs> So we, we, we studied it just like a little bit over the course of that week. And like, we immediately were like, uh, oh, oh no, like we can't, we can't reject yeah. this. And then we started to study it more. And, um, now it's like all we talk about on the show right. is worship and the Lord's day and, uh, Tanner and his exclusive psalmody. Yeah. Of course, which that. everyone is being, is confusing with you apparently. Yeah. I need to ask you why you've come to this conviction of exclusive psalmody and why <laughs> the entire Spirit and Truth movie is going to be arguing for psalm singing only in the church. Yeah, that was a weird <laughs> weird little reaction that I got, um, which I guess maybe our voices just sound really similar. I don't know. Not at all. But, but people also uh, think... Um, and it, I, like, I kind of saw it coming, I guess, but people think that the word worship means music. And so people think the movie or at the beginning, a lot of people thought the movie was going to be about like what kind of music you should do and worship. Right. And so. Right. That's understandable. Yeah. So this game, guess who said, I have a few quotes. Some are, some of them are Tanner quotes and some of them are less quotes. <laughs> and you have to, um, you have to tell me which one you think said this. You or Tanner. So you were Tanner. What? What's this the episode number span that we're talking about here? First five episodes. Oh man. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So, yeah. I think some of them will be easier than other ones. Okay. Okay. All right. The first one is. I have a confession to make. I used to drink Bud Light. Oh. Well, that's the name of the very first episode, and that is that's got to be me. Yep, that's you. You said that. You said that. So you're one for one. All right, this is another one. Uh, Driscoll is the one that kind of ushered me into the reformed camp. The that's Tanner. Yeah. Yeah. Two for two. Yeah. All right. Um, this is another one. You submerge it, man. Baptize the bacon. Oh man. Um. Ah oh, man, I I showed Tanner like Tanner used to like I don't I don't remember how he cooked it how he cooked his bacon but I used then I started buying like massive amounts of bacon and cooking them all at once and so you'd get this like giant tub so I showed him how to do it so we both talked about yes it. yeah so I can't remember which one of us said that quote I'm gonna say me no that was Tanner that was Tanner all right and then the last one. Uh, it's sort of a Presbyterian position that depicting Christ in general is a breaking of the second commandment. Wait, say that one more time. <laughs> one of you said uh, it's sort of a Presbyterian position that depicting Christ in general is a breaking of the second commandment. Uh, I'll say me. Yeah, that was you. <laughs> 
That is sort of a Presbyterian position. It is. Although Reformed Reform Baptists are on board with that, right. too, I think. You should have listened to this part of this, the, the, the podcast episode because it was you guys talking about tattooed Jesus billboard, if you remember oh. that conversation. So you oh, weren't man. fully on board with it, I think, and you're still working through it. And I could tell you were, were a little reserved about about coming down one way or the other on that because I think you learned your lesson with the whole making fun of the regular principle of worship thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, we probably introduced the rule into the pub shortly or right around that time. Right. But man, I remember that conversation and I like we used to go back and forth between each other's houses because yeah. we both lived we both lived um it like a town away from each other. And, um, yeah, that was the other weird thing about listening to these early episodes. Just you would be like, let me try that beer. (laughs) Yeah. Now you're not even near each other when you record. But but we, but the thing that's like making me so happy is just remembering smoking a hookah together in the same room. Oh yeah. And talking about breaking bad, literally every episode. Breaking bad in the hookah. Oh man. (laughs) Memories, my friend. Memories. Those were the days. We had pretty bad theology, but those are the days. You were working on it. God's good. Yeah, we're God's right. good. All right, Amen. and then this is kind of a classic throwback. I mean, you you recently did this again on the on the uh, Reformed Pubcast, and I'll have a link to to the Pubcast as well in my in my episode description for anybody who uh, who knows you, but maybe doesn't realize that there's a podcast because mm. there is a podcast. That's always a there's joke a podcast. In, in the in the pub group, Facebook yeah. group. All right, so this is Would You Rather. <laughs> All right, so because we're talking about the regular principle of worship, I've got a would you rather for you, okay? You have to explain the rules. Well, the rules are uh, you have to choose one or the other, and um, you the uh, the table is going to be open. You can ask questions, but eventually I'm going to close close conversation off, and then you have to choose, okay? Okay. And I don't know. Maybe this will be an easy one for you, but this is my would you rather for uh, and it's got a theme of regular principle of worship, okay? Okay. Okay. Would you rather go to Hillsong Church for the rest of your life or be <laughs> stranded on an island with your Bible? With my Bible. Okay. Questions. Um um uh, how far away is Hillsong Church from my house? Okay, so I'm not thinking uh, let's just say if there's like a branch of the Hillsong Church in your community. It doesn't have to be like the New York one. It doesn't have to be like the main Australia one. Are there other, are there good churches in my town or is like all the other churches gone? And no, there's, gone? there's a really good reformed church. There's a, there's an OPC, there's a PCA, there's, there's really good ones. There's really good options, but you have to go to the Hillsong one. What's, what's preventing me from going to these better churches? Your wife. My, what? <laughs> this is a figurative. She says she, that's her church. That's where her parents go, and that she wants to go there. I know your wife would so never she, say this, but... Is she unsubmissive now? Yeah, it's kind of... You guys are working through it. <laughs> but, I mean, but, for the rest of your life. But she, So I'm not working through it. She's never coming around on this. <laughs> for the rest of your life, man, you, you know, humbly talk to her about this, but... Oh, man. So... It's an unresolved like, issue. Hmm. Um, what are like the, do they have like kids church there, I'd assume. Yeah. I, I don't have but you to can, my Yeah. Kids you can there, keep right? your kids in the worship service if you want. <laughs> As if that's Yeah. Family integrated Hillsong church. Oh, that's, that's great. Um, 
Okay, tell me about this island. Uh, how big is the island? The island is it's a decent sized island, and it has plenty of food. You don't have to worry about food. I mean, there's going to be there's pineapples, there's like wild pigs, and you know you learn how to farm. You know, learn how to farm. You learn how to hunt, cook. Mm. So you're not going to be worried about surviving. Is it just me? Yeah, it's just you. Just me, but I have my Bible. But you have your Bible. Yeah. The one um, that the one that you read on a regular basis, and you know maybe jot little notes in and stuff like that. So, how did I get there? Um, you were on a uh, you were on a cruise, and it with my wife. N- no, well, yeah, with your wife, but somehow you guys got separated. Somehow you got separated, and you ended up uh, in this in this accident that happened out on on the cruise. You ended up getting separated and then getting stranded on this island through all the chaos, and it's just you. Mm. No wife, no kids. This is tough. It resolves the, the, the tension between you and your wife on going to the Hillsong Church, but I mean... She's not going to that Hillsong Church. She's, it's a different... She's not the same wife in this scenario, In that scenario, right? like, no. I mean, no. No. Like, she'll still go to my church. Yeah. Like, the, the, the right church. Yeah, because she gets back home, and she goes to the Reformed Church that believes in the regular principle. And they comfort her with her loss. Yeah, and, and talk about uh, God's and providence live, and everything, and... and But I never... We never see each other again. Hmm. Is it the rest of my life on the island? I don't know. I didn't say that. So uh, okay, how uh, can I can can I be rescued from the island? There is a there is a slight possibility of rescue. So there's uh, questions uh, over. <laughs> oh man, wow! This is this is really hard All right. because you want me to restate have, the question. Sure. Would you rather go to Hillsong Church for the rest of your life or be stranded on an island with your Bible? I'm going with the island. I think that's the right answer, man. If you really believe the regular principle of worship, that's the right answer. Well, I mean, it's bad because I you're don't, separated I have from a the community of faith and and you know all those. Well, kinds it's of my, my actually the thing that I'm thinking about the most is my wife. Right. Right. Because. Because in one scenario, I'm separated from her, and that's not, that's terrible. But she's comforted in a good church and taken care of. But she might, like, try to marry someone else. I don't, I don't like all that. I don't know. But, but in the other scenario, she, she's, like, got a different personality, and she's terrible. Right. Not terrible. Right. I'm sure, I'm sorry. You know, there might be people out there that <laughs> actually are in that scenario. So, I'm sorry. Not terrible. Just. Difficult. Not. Challenging. Yeah. yeah. I don't want that. Okay, you know what? I thought this was going to be funny and, and enjoyable, but it's kind of it, it kind of went in a depressing direction. Well, it's it's good, but it's I don't it's know. difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult. It is difficult. That is difficult. Yeah, it, it, that is for really for somebody who holds to the regular principle of worship because the challenge is: Do you want to go somewhere where they dishonor God with or what they call worship, all. or you know, or or not really have worship? In the in the strictest sense, you know. Is can I can I make bread somehow? So you I already answered the question. It's over. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah, you can make bread and wine. I'm just wondering if I can serve myself communion on this. That item. would be a question that I would, uh, you know, give oh, to somebody that's a little bit that's more. A good question too. You didn't ask that one. I figured you would ask that one. Yeah. All right. Well, that was just a little introductory fun, fun, fun stuff. Um, 
I am kind of breaking up my questions about this new project into two different sections. Ones that are more directed towards you as a person and as the person who's going to be putting this film together, and then ones that are more about the film or the movie, specifically maybe style or whatever, things like that, okay? Okay. All right. I'm curious. Um, maybe you can point to a scripture in specific or a few scriptures or maybe even just kind of a hermeneutical principle that convicted you of the regulative principle of worship. I know it's a process, but maybe you could yeah. talk through that a little bit. Um, well, I so I started coming to – well, I, I was – I was a Calvinist. I was going to uh, a church that was sort of reformed in name. They didn't really do much reform stuff uh, in the church. Mm-hmm. Like the, the preaching wasn't very, even very Calvinistic uh, typically. But um, I had my kids in, you know, kids church and all that stuff there. And um, right around the time that voicemail came in, actually, my friend Kenny uh, started talking to me and, uh, we, he was, he was going to this other church and learning about worship and, um, the, the means of grace and, and all that stuff. So I, uh, I watched this movie called Divided. Uh, it's a documentary about, about, uh, family integrated church. Yeah. Yeah, and, I remember that. I, I watched it because you shared the link one time, I think. Oh, yeah, it was it was really well made, and like Vody Bauckham's in it, and um, but it was really convicting to me, and so I pulled my kids out of kids' church um, while I was still going to this church, so they were just in in the um, in worship with with us. So, uh, but I just kept talking to this this guy and I met the pastor we talked about baptism mm. <laughs> like the first first uh, conversation was about baptism yeah and then I started visiting there in the evenings and so it was like comparing what you know it was like a rock band and smoke machine and like big huge um, sanctuary and then in the evenings I would go and it was this very simple room and you know preaching of the word was central and like the, it, it, was, it was just clear that there was no stress on all the people to keep things up and like, um, hmm. to like figure out how to entertain people and like, play, I don't know. It just, it didn't feel like, like a show. Right. At all. Right. It, it felt like everyone knew exactly what they were supposed to be doing and they just did it and they did it faithfully. Um, so that was sort of attractive to me and I started to see the simplicity, um, and then comparing that to the scriptures. And I think the concept that really, that really broke through for me was the concept of faith versus sight. Um, Hmm. we live, you know, we don't, we don't live by sight, but we live by faith. And, uh, so, so it's like, what exactly are we doing when we put on this big show and we're trying to entertain these people and we're, uh, we have the projector screens, not that necessarily any of those individual things are bad, but there's just like a philosophy of, um, get people pumped up emotionally and, um, make sure they feel something and make sure they're seeing things that are, um, you know, pleasing to the senses and all that stuff. Right. And, but, but the scriptures are clearly telling us to trust what we can't see. And, um, and then I started to learn about 
you know, the means of grace, the ordinary means of grace mm. as, as, uh, you know, traditionally it's called. And that just essentially means that God has instituted things that he truly imparts grace to people through. And, um, if we believe that, then we don't have to add anything. And actually if we start adding things in, then we're saying that what God has provided is insufficient. Um, so, you know, it just, it just all became very awesome. It just became awesome. Like, like I, I can, I just appreciate the sacraments so much more. And I understand that week by week sitting under the preaching of the word is in and in and of itself, it's doing something to me, right? whether or not, whether or not I realize it, you know, every day or see it, um, it's, it's actually imparting grace to me and there's actually power in it. And that's, so that's the supernatural stuff. So you believe something supernatural is happening. You don't have to see supernatural things happening around you, and you shouldn't be right um, seeking to do that. You just trust what God said. So um, there's lots of verses like that uh, that say things like that. But like Ananias and Sapphira is also a really powerful mm. story where you know God God wrote entire books of the Old Testament, large like large books about how He wants to be worshipped, and if you didn't follow those specific things, then he would sometimes kill you. Like Nadab and Abihu. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, like Nadab and Abihu. And so that is, you can't, so we, we can't think that now all of a sudden God doesn't care. That doesn't make sense. Right. Maybe things are, maybe things are different. Maybe it's not exactly the same, um, situation that, that, the, the Jews had, but well, if you believe in the covenantal view of scripture, things are getting clearer, not less clear, more defined, not less defined in some sense. You know what I mean? I've just spent the last few uh, evening services going through the Lord's days in the Heidelberg catechism on, on the sacraments and on the preaching of the word and on the keys of the kingdom. And man, so much of what you're saying is resonating with me. I think about that scripture that, that Paul said, where like right now we see as through a mirror dimly, you know, mm-hmm. and one day we'll see face to face. And in reality, what, what we think is kind of like adding to the experience of worship, like the smoke and the lights and the, you know, uh, the projected beautiful images and, you know, all this stuff is actually distracting us from mm-hmm. from the true um you know reality of of one day seeing Christ uh face to face um you know I I remember this is horrible but I remember a time when I was uh pastoring a church and preaching and every time I would bring Jesus up I would put a a picture of like Jesus up on the screen you know yeah and mm-hmm. and, and thinking back on it I was trying in some way to give an inkling of what that is going to be one day, that face-to-face, you know, First uh, John says, like, one day, you know, we'll see him face-to-face, and, and that will be mm-hmm. when we're transformed. And and you can't, right. nothing can compare to that. Yeah, and you're, you're literally saying in that moment, the Word of God is insufficient. It's insufficient, right, right. I, I need to help God. Right. Help God uh, help his people. That is, is mind-blowing. But um, that that's really helpful to just hear your your processing and stuff like that. But like more practically, like what was the most challenging part of the changes that you had to made make 
once you came to that conviction of regulative principle of worship. Um, I mean, no, you said you were going to a different church. I mean, what did that end up being something, you know, where you're like, yeah. we're going to have to go somewhere else because. Um, it wasn't like we have to go somewhere else. It was like, I, again, I was visiting this church in the evenings right. and it just slow, it just became clear that, um, this, this is more, this is more biblical and this is more, um, you know, we believe it's more honoring to God what's, what's happening here. Um, and so that was, yeah, that was a big transition. Uh, we had to leave. And I, I remember specifically, um, you know, this specific reason was worship. That's, that's what I was saying. Like I couldn't, I couldn't be under, I couldn't do the rock show anymore. I couldn't, right. it was just like, it was killing me. Um, so that was part of it. I remember <laughs> I, I, the, just out of curiosity, it was the worship yeah. before it was the baptism issue. So yes, but, but, um, when I decided I wanted to join my, my now pastor went to the session and said, you know, this guy, they all, they all sort of knew me, but, um, Les wants to join the church. He's a Baptist and he's not, not interested in you know, changing his mind on that. And this is very rare, but the session, and I don't know if it's rare for this session. I, th- I, th- I think, um, b- my situation is that I actually had kids and I was going to refuse to baptize, b- baptize them and all right. this stuff, but they actually, they actually said, I can't join the church. Um, which was, Oh, that's a bit of, I a- mean, well, it was so it was, it was devastating to me, but at the same time it gave, it gave me even more respect for them. It's like, you guys actually take this seriously. And there's, you know, there's arguments that people could make about why you wouldn't want to do that. And I've even told my pastor, if, you know, if some other family wants to join the church in the future and they're Baptists and the session decides that, you know, they, they, they'll allow them to join, like, I will not be the least bit offended. You wouldn't like, be offended. Yeah. God, like I needed, I needed that. I needed to be. Uh, an, a, an even bigger reason to start studying this issue more and actually give it a fair shake and not just be stuck in my um, traditional view or whatever. Right. Um, so that's, yeah, that is, sorry, that was kind of off topic, but um, we, my wife and I walked into the sending church for the church that I'm at now. And um, my wife just started crying as soon as the, the piano started playing and we, we started singing hymns. Um, not because it was beautiful, but because it was like boring, not <laughs> like n- no, no guitars, no drums. Like it was just, she's like, this is what we're doing now. Like this is, Oh, oh she this, was, you know, Oh man. Yeah. She was not happy about it. Um, <laughs> she wanted to go to Hillsong church. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's, yeah, there's, there's struggles. There's, there's, there's practical, there's practical outworkings of that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember when. I became a Calvinist. I realized I should have been talking to my wife about this all along because yeah. I dropped it on her like a bomb. Oh, man. And then I told her, I'm probably going to lose my my position at the church Oof. because of this. Yeah. And uh, by God's grace, you know, she came around and even on the baptism issue, you know, I, I don't know if I've, I probably haven't told you this, but first Reformed church I ever preached in is the Reformed church where my Children have been baptized. Three of them were baptized by uh, our pastor that just stepped down as interim pastor here. 
And one of them, my most recent child, has been baptized by me. So mm. it's like unbelievable to see what God has done, you know, through all this. But I have been so blessed by this church, which, you know, really holds to the, that regular principle of worship very strongly. And we're a Christian Reformed church, so that's not necessarily the the norm. Ah, really? Right. So nice. we're a conservative, confessional, Christian Reformed church. We have the law of God read every Sunday morning, just like straight out of Geneva, you know. Christian Reformed Church, like CRC. Yes. Like that denomination. Yes. CRC and that's, yeah. That's interesting. We don't ordain women as deacons or elders or pastors at our at our specific congregation. But the denomination has, a, has a, opened. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. Um, but, man, regular principle of worship, it's, the focus is on congregational singing. The mm-hmm. focus is upon a scripture as as sufficient. The focus is upon the means of grace as truly that. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. I can't mm-hmm. imagine worshiping any other way now. To be honest with you, how close, how supernatural. Like you were talking about, I was just I I was tearing up the other day because I was talking through and preaching through and teaching through Heidelberg Catechism's teaching on the Lord's Supper. And I was like, you don't understand. When when we have the Lord's Supper, it is like Christ is inviting us up into the throne room and preparing a table before us and sitting down with him and, and right. eating with him. Right. And that that is faith. That's faith, yeah. You're 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 by faith entering heaven, not trying to like recreate the setting of heaven here. Right. And then inviting Jesus to come down and like hang out with you. Like, no, like you're you're ascending by faith. Right into the throne room. It's, it's yeah, it's beautiful. It's amazing. All right, so uh, um, this is another one but it's kind of we're bridging into the topic about film. So, what lessons have you learned from making Calvinist from making your first film? That is a good question and a really hard one to answer. Um, it's hard to articulate sort of the I just feel like I have a general better understanding of like what it's going to take. Um, but yeah, it's kind of all over the place because, like, I learned it was, it was, oh man, it was just so much fun, too. Like, uh, and I feel like I'll be able to hopefully do it faster this time because of all the things I learned. But I had to learn, you know, animation techniques that I had only played around with at, you know, different times in my life and um, learned, like, cinematography. I, I, like, became a cinematographer, right. essentially. Um, editing like all the editing techniques so it's all like technical stuff um and then yeah i think the best the best thing especially christian filmmakers like i i feel like you know christian film gets a lot of flack for being cheesy and um and all that but are you a christian filmmaker or a filmmaker that's a christian <laughs> i i'll i'll say <laughs> I'll say a reformed filmmaker. I'll, I'll even go one further. Oh, boom. Yeah. Um, so, but it's so weird that Christian film, Christian music, it's all like a ripoff of of what the world's doing, right. except it's not a good ripoff. And I, I, I'm like, I feel very, ha- I'm happy to say that like good art, is essentially hiding what you're stealing. Mm. Um, and cause and it, I'm, I'm okay with that even as like my worldview, right, there's nothing new under the sun. Exactly. 
Exactly. God is the only creator of original content. Right. And everything else is a remix. So that's... So I'm okay with with taking inspiration from other people. You, obviously, you you don't rip things off, you know, like full, like but plagiarism. You know, don't yeah. do that. But yeah, but other people are doing it better than me. So look at what they're doing and find the ideas and the things that they're doing, and then start to integrate things that you like, and then you end up with your own style. But Christian filmmakers, for some reason, it's like they watched a movie once that was good, mm. and now they're trying to like from memory like recreate that. Instead of going back and like studying it and finding out what why it was so good and what what was impactful about it, so I I, I guess like I don't know exactly even what I'm saying. I'm, I guess I'm just saying like I wish they would rip it off better if they're gonna, if they're going to try to rip things off. And right. that you know that's I'm probably sounding very arrogant and more than I should be because you know oh, I'm it's, not saying Calvinist was like amazing or anything, but um, it's a pet peeve. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And hopefully my filmmaking, hopefully it's something I'll be able to keep doing and get better at. And, um, you know, people will think that I'm doing something uh, impressive at some point. Right. Well, you know, having been a backer of Calvinist and, and watching it, you know, I think that the, those animated sequences where you kind of took those interviewed moments where they were, you know, the theologians and pastors were explaining the doctrines and, and gave life to them were probably some of the, you know, most meaningful parts of the movie to me that I think really clarified. It took the it took what people often consider reformed theology as this weighty heady, it's only for the elite, it's only for the smart people and made it very simple, very explainable, very understandable. You know, my kids watched it and understood, you know, my my 10-year-old sons watched it and thought it was cool and understood what what it what it was explaining which is yeah you know i think that's that's part of it that's part of you know and i'll be interested to see how you take that same principle and apply it to what i would say is even a more complicated philosophical aspect of reformed theology which is you know the regular principle of worship because you know you ever seen that picture of like the iceberg and it's like the five points of calvinism and then like everything mm-hmm. underneath is you know the rest of reformed yeah. theology well you know RPW is is below the water yeah. on the iceberg part. It's like an outworking yep. of of what it means. It's it's I mean it's essentially like if you take sola scriptura and you just apply it. Yes. Then that's exactly. then, then that's what you get. You get you worship God the way he's commanded us to worship him. You don't worship him however you feel like worshiping him. Yeah. You don't invent things. Like it's not it's not okay. God God has never said that it's okay to invent things. He always says it's not. Right. And it's and it's funny yeah. if you think about that because there are probably churches who have kind of taken that modern media mindset of drawing people in and having like an entertainment type worship who aren't actually continuationists and believe in the future, you know, spiritual mm-hmm. gifts, but the, but their worship at the application of their worship says, yeah, we can invent things, you know, right. it's, it's kind of a, there's a crossover there. I hadn't thought about that, but. I also remember that, uh, Mark Driscoll used to preach sermons on the regulative principle because Mars Hill was a regulative church. Are you serious? In his opinion. Yeah. He, he said that he was regulative. And then he would um, say, I had a vision and saw things yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Those don't go this, together. I, <laughs> Yeah, I was man. I watched a a video on his 
on his website the other day and it was, um, he was talking about the atonement and he said that his, his view is the Lutheran view of the atonement. Yeah. He has that universal element to it. Yeah. But, but he actually like called it that. And I don't think he was doing that before, like saying that he holds to the Lutheran view of the atonement. That's, that's like, I thought you were anyways, I don't want to go off of Mark Driscoll. Yeah, we don't need to do that. Better things to talk about. <laughs> uh, what would you have done differently, looking back? Um, that you're do, man, even move, moving e- forward. Yeah, even some of the, probably editing. Um, well, no, actually, everything. I would have done everything differently. How about this? Uh, I know you guys had a conversation about should you work in your home, or get an office space mm. somewhere. I wonder if you thought about that. I, with this next project, I'm actually, um, so for the past, I guess four months or so, uh, since I left that job, I've been working from home and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about, um, the, uh, the dynamic. You got a good routine. Um, yeah. And I think everybody kind of, everybody in the house kind of gets it now. Like daddy's working and you know, like I'll come down for lunch and I'll come down for breaks and stuff. And, right. Uh, so that's good. But also my church finally has a building. Um, oh, yeah. And and it's not like used for anything throughout the week. So um, I'm sure I I could if I need some. Because your church only worships time. on the Lord's Day, which is part of the regular principle of worship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Bible studies and stuff are great oh, yeah, throughout sure. the week. And it'd be great to do that in the building. But but yeah, like during the day, if I need to get away, I can just go hang out in the sanctuary or in one of the offices of the church, I'm sure. So that'll be good. That's good. All right. So these next questions are more specific about the movie. Um, What inspired you to make it? What, what, what made you think the next movie I want to make is going to be about worship? For the longest time, I thought I wanted to do a movie about the Trinity. And actually, even when I left, left this job, I told my boss that, um, you know, I want to, I want to keep making more movies. And he asked me what subject. And I said, the Trinity. Um, So I've been floating that idea and it's like this it's just crazy to think how how to make a movie about the trinity when you believe that you can't use images of uh the godhead at all uh so like i don't i i'd still want to make that movie one day maybe but right. i don't even know what it looks like but um i feel like no matter what you did that movie would be really heady be- just because there's no way to get around just very complicated uses of language and yeah. then just so just then just saying mystery yeah here's what we can say yeah. here's what we can't say you yeah know. <laughs> i think it could be i think it could be good but but that's maybe for another Future. for another day but um so worship was definitely like second on the list and even on like you know whenever Tanner would talk to me about stuff. He, he would always say I should make a movie about, you know, the Lord's Day or about, you know, um, things like that. So, right. Uh, <clears throat> so it was worship was kind of second place. So the thing that kind of put me over the edge is I sent an email to Kevin DeYoung, asked him if he would be in my movie about the Trinity or some other subject. I'm not sure yet. And uh, he he said, well, maybe that sounds interesting. But um, and then he kind of gave me a list of things that he that he'd like to see in a movie. And the one that he was the most excited about was a movie about worship. And I'm also really excited about that. So mm. I figured got this amazing teacher, 
already on board and um, it's a subject that I really that I I think if I can get people to watch it it will be it will be a blessing that's the hard thing right it's like it's a subject that people aren't excited about learning about Um, but well I mean 89% funded on Kickstarter man you've got yeah you got people in that are already excited about watching yeah yeah but it's um you know, even more than Calvinist, I think this is. Um, You'd like it to be more than an echo chamber of yes. just, uh, you know, me, I already believe in the regular principle of worship, and I'm just going to mm-hmm. watch this to reaffirm what I already, what I already Yeah, believe. that's the hard thing is like my, the audience I'm aiming for is basically evangelicals that don't think very much about this stuff. Right. So that they can, so that they can, you know, be convinced at least that there's a better way. Um, but then all my critics are going to be, you know, the really, really smart people in the reformed world that, um, that are very traditional and, and all that stuff. So, um, so I'm hoping, uh, going through all the stress of having to please the audience and, and make the, all those people happy pays off by that audience actually watching it. Right. So it'll, it'll probably be a lot of like, kind of like with Calvinist, it's like people got it. Cause like, Oh, this is my story. And then they shared it with their, right. With their friends. And, um, it, it, but, but Calvinism also just inherently has, um, reactionary. A, a, yeah. It, it's just curiosity yeah. too. Like people like they're, you know, Google has, there's a lot of searches for what is Calvinism and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know how many people are searching, you know, how should I worship God? Right. I mean, have you ever thought, I know, I know your circles like are the reformed thinkers and, and kind of well-known pastors in our circles, but have you thought about mm-hmm. maybe reaching out to like that evangelical world and getting the flip side of the opinion? Like what if you asked, you know, some I of those, some of those guys, think... like, what do you think worship is or how do you think we should worship God? And at least you would be getting those sound bites or something from them, you know, and you could put their name on something. Yeah. That's just a thought. Yeah. I just don't think those people are going to want me like <laughs> filming their worship and then like putting it in a negative light. And, right. Um, yeah. That would be hard. Which is, and it would be uncomfortable for me to do that too. Like I, even if they were fine with it, um, I don't want to, and that, that's even like the, I don't, the trailer is maybe a little misleading only because I want to get people's attention and right. even people who don't even know about this to see and, and be like, Oh yeah, worship's messed up. We got to do something different. Um, but I don't, I don't want the movie to be overly critical. That's not the point. I want to, I want to teach positively the, the, you know, the, and, and even experientially, I want people to like see, right. Like, this is really good. And, um, Right. I mean, yeah, there's a little more than laughing. Right. All the there's a little tiny stuff. section in Calvinist about the shallowness of evangelical worship in America. And I didn't think it was untasteful, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe something like that. Yeah. Even that Driscoll, that Driscoll segment was, was a challenge difficult to put together because yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to be hurtful, you know? Yeah, exactly. Another question. Why did you choose to call it? spirit and truth um so there was a i think it might have been terry johnson book uh that i was reading early on when i was joining my church uh 
and he talked about sort of the misunderstanding of that idea and how, um, you know, there's certain churches that think that worshiping in spirit means like laughing and rolling on the floor and right. being slain in the spirit and spirit filled worship is a very, um, misunderstood kind of thing. And I mean, that's the way Jesus inaugurated, uh, sort of introduced the idea of how worship was going to happen in the, in the new covenant in the new Testament age was that you won't, you'll no longer worship on this mountain or this mountain, but you'll, um, worship in spirit and truth because the father is seeking after those who would worship him in spirit and truth. So, um, that's John four, is, right? When he is conversing with mm, the, uh, the woman, at, woman the well. at the well. Yeah. So, um, so I just think there's a lot of misunderstandings about what, what that means. And, um, maybe people, if they see that it's a movie about worship and it has a word spirit in it, they might, you know, I might get some of those, some of those crazy, um, <laughs> like IHOP type people watching it and then maybe they'll, they'll right. uh, learn a different, different perspective. All right. I'm going to give, I'm going to give, uh, another piece of advice here. If you've not, uh, maybe talk to Danny Hyde at all about maybe having him on the movie on the film you should because he's a John Owen expert and okay. I don't know if you know John Owen's interpretation of John 4 but it's very interesting okay I can yeah, give you a teaser of it okay all right so John Owen uh is very serious about it's kind of ties into your desire to do uh a movie about the Trinity. So John Owen's very serious about Trinitarian worship. Okay. And so he believes that John 4, when it says the Father uh, is seeking those who will worship in spirit and in truth, is actually a Trinitarian reference. The Father and then the Spirit and then uh, who is the truth? Jesus Christ is the truth. So, Wow. That's great. Boom, drop. And and like Danny it. Hyde is he's a good he he would be a good guy to get on the film he 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 would talk mm. be able to talk a lot about this kind of thing too he's written a lot of books about reformed worship he he's got a small book called what is reform or what is reformed worship that he wrote for people who were joining his church in California out mm. of Catholicism and things like that so yeah and he's very personable too so you could you can definitely chat with him about Excellent. it yeah I want a good mix of not so well-known people and local churches and stuff like that. And he, and he's one of those, I think he's probably one of those that are like not really well-known, but not, not known either. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's been on, exactly. he's been on uh mortification of spin recently and he's been on, he's been done a few Ligonier things and, and things like that. But yeah, nice. that's, that, that would be a good thing. All right. Uh, and then, uh, Maybe this final question. How will this movie be the same and different than Calvinist? Um, so there was a lot of, I think, I, I hopefully it will be more complete um, in, in the storytelling sort of um, area. At least, at least what I'm picturing. Um, I have some really good ideas for like the storytelling um uh things that i'll be be using right um so like for example in calvinist i introduced my friend andrew at the beginning right and i had i had this idea of like we'd revisit him for every topic and he'd he'd talk on things and 
Um, I used him a little bit in the, the, he introduced Piper in the movie. Um, but he's also the guy at the end that gets up in the pulpit and, and preaches in the, the, you know, uh, reformed church and, you know, he breaks the communion bread and all that stuff. So, but I don't think I was, I don't, I didn't do it very well. Like I, so I essentially wanted to, to like follow him and then you'd be like, surprised that he was the one preaching. Mm. I don't even think people even like recognize that it was the same person. And so it's stuff like that. It's like I had these ideas, but I didn't have the skill to pull it off. And I didn't, I didn't plan it very well either. Right. Which is, it's just, you know, stuff you learn. (coughs) So hopefully it'll be better in, in that way. Um, it will be, the same in, I guess it's coming from the mind of the same person. And, uh, I'm, um, I basically do everything on the project except for music. Hopefully I can get Jay again Mm. for, uh, for this film because the soundtrack, I mean, it's like, I didn't deserve such a good soundtrack. It was like, it was, it was so great. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, if you liked Calvinist, then you sh- uh, you should like this for the same reasons that it's like sort of it's got a certain energy and it's um, sort of youthful. I that's something I want to kind of encompass because it's you know that's unique, right? Um, there's there's you could watch. I'm sure there's documentaries. I'm sure Ligonier releases stuff about about worship and it's really. I mean, it's it's great and it's really high quality and it's better than anything I'll ever produce probably in in some ways but um i just think um not that our generation doesn't watch that stuff at all but you know i just want to sort of communicate in a different way and uh really really i i guess i i am more concerned with the storytelling and artistic medium and um not just the the theological aspects and all that right so like would you say your style of film is what happens when the young restless reform grows up a, a little <laughs> bit? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I guess I guess maybe. I'm still cool with John Calvin with sunglasses on, but you know, <laughs> but the regular principle of worship is 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's funny. I did do that, didn't I? Right. That, you know what? There's like I'm really excited to see how you bring a story narrative into the film because you hear something like this is a, a, a movie about worship and you hear something like, you know, we're going to be kind of defending the philosophy of regular principle of worship. Um, but then you think to yourself, is this just going to be an information download? And if you really no. do bring like entertainment value and a storyline through it, that's going to, I think, is going to be something very unique and very like very, you know, very good. For it's actually yeah, it's the part that I'm the most excited about, like the the vision in my head of the of the story itself. Um, I think I think people will be surprised. Well, well, I think that just about wraps wraps up our time, and I want to thank you so much for for uh, doing this with me. And I also want to give you an opportunity to uh, let everybody know where they can you know get in contact with you or where they can see any of your uh, your previous uh, work or whatever it may be. So drop it now. Yeah, uh, so I made a movie. It's called Calvinist. If you haven't seen it, you can go to calvinistmovie.com. Uh, you can check it out there. You can go to... It's also on iTunes and Amazon. 
Uh, actually, you know what? I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna. It's free on Amazon Prime for this month only. Are you serious? For this month only. You heard it here, guys. So you, you heard it here. If, yeah, I haven't told anybody that yet. Free, free so, on, free on Amazon Prime for this month. Yep. For this month, in promotion of of Spirit and Truth. So if you watch it and you like it, uh, and you want to see more stuff like that, please. Um, Donate something to Spirit and Truth. Throw me a few bucks. Right, and that's that uh, link is Kickstarter. dot uh, com. It's long. backslash it's project Just backslash Calvinist backslash Spirit and Truth. A film about worship backslash description. Spirit dash and dash. Oh truth yeah, yeah. That would have taken forever. Dash. Just, long Just look time. up so Kickstarter type in, Spirit and Truth, and I think it pulls yeah. up. Or Kickstarter less Linfear. When's this episode dropping? Uh, I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna uh, upload it as soon as I edit it together. So okay. So this. So it's at 89 percent right now. Actually, I don't even know if that's true. Yeah, almost very close to 90 percent. Um, 24 days left. I am pretty confident that it'll get funded. But um, just so everybody knows, I really want to leave the country. And get you know speak to people outside of the country. Yes. Make this make this bigger in scope, uh, and that just takes money. So right. Um, if you get to the Kickstarter and it's already funded, that's that doesn't mean you can't great. fund it. Still, yeah, fund and it you should. There's those push goals, right? Yeah. Yep. There'll be stretch goals. Um, other other things down the road, but the first one is especially I want to do interviews outside of the U.S. And there's T-shirts and there's beer glasses and coffee mugs and they're pretty sweet. So um, you get something out of it. And even if you just want to pre-order the movie, basically, so to make sure you see it, if you give 25 bucks, you get a digital copy as soon as the movie comes out and you get your name in the credits. Right. So you're helping helping make it, you get to see it, and you get your name in the and credits. And that's a good deal bucks. because I was trying to see if I could collect a special offering here at the church for the $5,000 mark so that uh-huh. you could re- uh, interview me and then have a live uh, you know presentation of the movie at my church but i thought that was kind of a con- little bit conceited but do it <laughs> i th- i think it's a great idea <laughs> no no way man i, I don't, no not no way <laughs> i can't i can't, pl- it's a great I can't I- bring that by the deacons that wouldn't work can, uh, can this be an approved uh, approved yeah. uh, you know uh, collection yeah nobody's taking me up on that yet and i totally understand why and i'm not trying to steal money from churches or anything but that would be but, uh, sweet if somebody wants to do it, I think it's uh, it would be very cool. Um, but anyways, that, that uh, wraps so it up. Do that. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. Give me some money if you want to see the movie, and I really, really appreciate it. And thank you for all your generosity. If you have, well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Less, fin- less land fear. I got to mess your name up right before the podcast is over. Um, you, you nailed. Thank it. you. Um, and we uh, we hope that uh, Spirit and Truth goes forward with God's grace, and the, uh, the the film project is to His glory. Uh, well, everyone who's listening, until next time, may you bear much fruit to the glory of God. Pfeiffer Fruit is a proud member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. Check out more members of the Society at reformedpodcasts.com. Subscribe, rate, and review Five for Fruit on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And visit the website fiveforfruit.com to listen to past episodes and to read articles. Until next time, this is Five for Fruit, your five-minute fix for Reformed theology and practice.